Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. All right, we're working our way up to number one, and at number 23, there he is. That's Ryan's amazing. first day of it. year 17. My teacher is Mr. Rivera. I am 38 years old. I am 74 inches tall. My friends are Terry and Curtis. And, <laughs> That's uh, really great. Well, with the, the mean mug with the midseason beard makes it even better. Oh, it is Ryan great. Fitzpatrick, he's been around for a long time, and it, it was several years ago he was talking about retiring, and I think he ultimately resigned himself to the fact, I'm just going to keep doing this as long as I can. And he gave us some great moments last year with the Dolphins, and there's an expectation he's going to give us some great moments this year with the Washington football team. And, Chris, you've got him at number 23. So he's, he's uh, you know, not top 20, and I wouldn't expect him to be top right. 20, but he's pretty damn close to it. Pretty damn close. Like a dangerous number 23 is what I would call Ryan Fitzpatrick at the quarterback position. You know, I think the, the big thing I would say right off the bat is like, you know, screw off Fitz tragic, right? That, to me, that's gone. Let's, 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 let's bust some old narratives. Like, over. Is it, is it gone? How do we it know is. it's gone? Because I've seen enough I'm, over the last three, four years to go, it's good enough play to where I, Fitz tragic is not there. What? What? No, 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 no. In what? Tampa, look, in Tampa, the year that Jameis Winston was suspended for the first three games. Right. And Brian Fitzpatrick came out hot. And and there was talk, well, uh, uh, Jameis lost his job. It turned Fitz tragic, or Jameis wouldn't have been back on the field. Well, yeah, he had well, they, uh, he had he had Mike. a dip. Every time we think he's great, right. he has a dip. He had the game against Pittsburgh. I know exactly what you're talking about. It was a Monday night game. He threw four picks. They had a chance to even still win the game at the end. They were going back to Jameis Winston no matter what. He was the number one pick of their football team. Yeah, maybe he could have played a little cleaner. But listen again, that's where it's like Tampa. Like Tampa deserves some issues here too. I mean, there's a reason he was reckless. Jameis is wet, reckless. I mean. I mean, there was something going on there but again that was still three years ago so I, I I don't really care guys change they get better they grow as players and to me that's where he has grown as a football player he's got a better gauge of like you know balancing fits magic and fits tragic you know and, and like like we've talked about where yeah there's there's been those points for his career where you just go what the hell are you thinking you're supposed to be from Harvard and that's dumb mistakes but 
They're few and far between now, and it's not like he's been on the greatest offenses in football here to talk about. But either way, Fitzpatrick, hey, he's aggressive. He makes plays with his arm without having, like, the strongest arm in football. He moves pretty damn well. That's one thing. When you go back and watch Ryan Fitzpatrick, you watch games and you watch him run, you go, damn, I forgot he can run like that. I, you know, it's one of those things you you forget about it. And, you know, you see the stats here, Mike. It, it proves a little bit that Fitztragic is slowly being wilted away throughout his career. But the, the, the last thing I'll say, too, and why maybe I even gave Ryan Fitzpatrick a little bit of a bump, right? He's tough. He's edgy. There is – he does have a presence and – an edge that he brings to the football team when he's the starting quarterback. And I do think that's real. And guys can rally around that. And you kind of hear that already in Washington with guys talking about him and his attitude around the locker room and things like that. So uh, that's why I got Fitzpatrick at 23. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan, and I think he could have a big year in Washington. Well, and, and look, I I don't disagree with that, and I'm rooting for him. Yeah. I just know that 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 kind of anecdotal it experience is there. of being a football fan – when you write him off, he plays great. When he starts playing great and you think, hey, this guy is pretty good, it goes the other way. And we'll see. He doesn't have the competition this year. You know, he was in the same spot as Andy Dalton. Sign that one-year, roughly $10 million deal, and then sit and wait to see whether or not the team drafts a quarterback. The Bears did. Washington didn't. And and if, if your 49ers had gone Mac Jones at number three, Trey Lance starts trickling down the board in the top ten, Entirely possible. Sure. WFT jumps up and takes Trey Lance, and it's a different narrative for Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah, no doubt about it. In a long time where he enters as the starter, it was 2016, his second year with the Jets. Remember, he had the one year with the Jets that was great. Right. And then 2016, he signed right before the start of training camp, and that year was a disappointment. It was. But uh, it's the first time since then that he's the guy. And he gets his chance. And how much of an upgrade do you envision the quarterback room led by Ryan Fitzpatrick for Washington this year under Ron Rivera than last year when it was Kyle Allen, Dwayne Haskins, Alex Smith, and eventually some Taylor Heineke in the playoffs? Well, I just I feel like there's a more of a playmaking element from within the pocket with Fitzpatrick in the room now. That's the biggest thing I would say. You know, Alex Smith, yeah, we you know, we talked about it. It's obvious. Yeah, notice knows how to play the position, manages the game, does all those things. But not necessarily going to like maximize all that's there to be had with, you know, throwing the ball down the field and making big plays and doing that. So I do think it's a pretty good upgrade as far as the quarterback position is concerned. I do, let alone, like we've talked about, Terry McLaurin is a rising star, a star already. It's just not everybody really knows about it yet. With Curtis Samuel added to the mix now, like he's got some real weapons. And, you know, again, not that I'm trying to say the guy is like the most careful guy with, with football was saying, hey, no more fits tragic and things like that. I understand there's still a reckless part about him, but to me it's a more of a livable uh, recklessness to where, you know, the interceptions I've seen the last two years in Miami, I go, ah, I get it. I understand it. I, you know, as compared to maybe years before, you're like, what the hell was that? Like, how could he even throw that? That's what I guess I meant by that. Maybe I went a little too strong. But, Mike, also to your point about that, 
you know, I think we talked about this two or three weeks ago. Ron Rivera is, I feel like, already like subliminally talking to him in the media, right? He was talking about, we got more support here in Washington than Cam ever had in Carolina, and we got weapons on this offense. I think that, to me, was a direct quote to Ryan Fitzpatrick to like, hey, we don't need Fitzmagic every play here. We're good, and we got a good defense. You know, when they're open, throw it. If they're not, let's be a little bit more conservative than, than maybe you've been in your past. It really is amazing when you look at it. St. Louis, Cincinnati, Buffalo, Tennessee, Houston, the Jets, the Buccaneers, the Dolphins, and now the Washington football team. A career that began back in 2005. Same year as Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers has been with one team the whole way, and uh, and Fitzpatrick has been with pretty much every team but the Green Bay Packers since 2005. And, and I'm rooting for him. I think it's a great story. And, and maybe as he gets closer and closer to the end of his football life, he, he is relishing every moment, taking advantage of every spot and oh, making yeah. better decisions and just not worrying about it, not worrying about tomorrow, not worrying about the next drive, not worrying about the next game, worrying about here and now and, and performing and enjoying it and getting the most out of it. And it was fun to see what he did last year with the Dolphins. Yeah. And uh, we'll see a lot more of him this year, barring injury for Washington. All right. Well, I was going to say, but that's why I think it was such a gut punch to him, you know, to what you just said there at the end to wrap it up. That's why it was such a gut punch last year when they remember the comments he made when they went to Tua because he was going, damn, I'm playing good. We got We're a good team. We can go. We're a playoff team. You know, so that hurt, I'm sure. Yeah, he was probably enjoying himself, to, to, to your point and all that. So uh, we'll see. Maybe he gets another chance to, to lead a team to a playoffs this year. I'm taking Washington to win the NFC East. I'm just telling you right now. That is who I'm picking to win the NFC East this year. We're going to draft the best non-quarterbacks in that division, the NFC East, the weakest division in the NFL. The Cowboys still the favorites, but I agree with you. I think Washington's going to win that division. Uh, we'll, we'll see how that all goes. In Pittsburgh, we'll see how it goes as Ben Roethlisberger, who turned 49 or 39, not 49. not he, he, he may play like he's 49. The birth certificate says only 39. He turned 39 in March. Uh, you've got him at number 22. I know, man. That That is a stunner to me, and I just want, in the event that Ben or anyone close to Ben is watching, these are Sims numbers, not mine. Sims put him at number 22. He did it. Defend yourself. Yeah, well, I, listen, I like Big Ben. You know that. I've been a defender of Big Ben forever. I don't know. It's tough to defend it right now or know exactly where he is at with his play. He was definitely one of the, the tougher placements I had in this this quarterback rankings. I mean, yeah, I could have justified maybe moving him up a few spots, no doubt about it. Um, you know, but like at the end of the day, I, I mean, what rings true to me more is what we saw the last six or seven weeks of the year, you know, is, yeah, a lot of short passes. You know, some iffy decision-making, certainly. You know, the offense itself and, you know, what they looked like. His inability to make any plays off schedule and do anything like that really became a statue. And, and you know, maybe it's because of the knee issues that we talked about, him being banged up, banged up. I certainly saw a difference in play there. But, you know, everything about it, you know, was not great towards the end of the year. And again, when they were 9-0... and you know, if you remember last year, I didn't put them in the top 10 quarterbacks in football. It was, yeah, they were 9-0 and and things were good. I understand that. But 
when you really broke down the play of what he was doing, it was good, but it was nothing special at that point. And they were kind of like, you know, just squeaking by on some wins. It wasn't like we were just like, wow, this is the most impressive 9-0 team we ever talked about. Again, remember what we were talking about at the time. It's one of the least talked about unimpressive 9-0 teams we had ever seen. So that's just, you know, again, Big Ben, you could still win with him. He's got a still a good arm, but lack of playmaking, you know, I think some of the decision-making towards the end of the year, all those things concern me, and that's why, you know, he fell to, to 22. The knees, I think, are a real concern. Yeah. There were chronic reports last year of issues with the knees, even though he never showed up on the injury report. Uh, he's taken a lot of hits. He's got a lot of mileage on the knees, hips, and ankles for yeah. a guy who's carrying around a lot of weight. Right. That eventually is going to catch up with you. We see him moving less than he ever had before. And now this narrative's popped up kind of out of the blue over the course of the last week that, well, he didn't throw the ball down the field as much last year because he was still recovering from his major elbow surgery, and this year they expect more of that. I thought it was the offense last year. I didn't think it was the elbow. I'm with you. Nobody said anything about Nobody said As we were trying to figure out what the hell was wrong with the offense last year, no one was saying anything about the elbow trying to heal. No. That well, was never an issue. How's it an issue now? Yeah. I, and I don't buy that. I don't. And I know he kind of said that too. Like, you know, again, whether he was making an excuse or no excuse or whatever. Like, listen, if the guy has elbow problems, you don't throw the ball 608 times during the year. If he was like telling you every week, hey, my elbow hurts, my elbow hurts. Hey, you know what I think will fix that? Let's throw it 48 times this weekend and not run the ball. That's to me where I can't get behind that. You know, that's to me where, to me, it looks a little, little excuse of like, no, I, you know, audible to a lot of short plays and I just wasn't aggressive enough in my thinking and things like that. And that's why, you know, we threw the ball short. That's what it looks like to me because when he did throw the ball deep, he threw it well. I wasn't sitting there going, man, that looks weak. That looks soft. No, and I think that's part of it, too. How much of the blame do we talk about the offense and put on Big Ben? You know, there's certainly a number of plays I can go back and watch and go, hey, Big Ben, check to this play. I, look, he's giving the signals to the receivers. He's doing it. Yeah, it's a three-yard completion and things like that. So I think all of that in totality, what we're talking about, is why I make him 22. And that's not to say you can't still win a Super Bowl or do things, but they got to help him and protect him this year and play a different style of football, and I fully expect them to do that. My big concern after that elbow injury that knocked him out week two of the 2019 season was we were seeing the beginning of the end, and the body was going to systematically crumble. And yeah. last year, we didn't see him miss time for it, but the knees were the next step in it. And I just real, I just 17-game season. For a guy who's 39, who definitely has not been a subscriber to the Tom Brady no, 12 exactly. method. Right. And and it's going to, it's, look, Tom Brady is still going strong at 43, going on 44 because of everything he's done. And and we know that Ben doesn't do that. When you interviewed him at training camp two years ago, he, he doesn't spend a lot of time throwing the football in the offseason. No. And, and that's going to, that's going to make it harder for him to play deeper into his life cycle than a Tom Brady does. Yeah, definitely. And the style that he played, yeah, you know, throughout his career, like you've mentioned so many times too, it's as physical as you're ever going to find, you know, as far as a quarterback in the pocket, just getting beat around. But, you know, again, look, and we're showing a number of plays and big games here down the stretch of the year where it's missed throws, it's bad location, it's, it's bad decisions altogether. 
You know, it's a lack of, yeah, pushing the ball down the field for sometimes where I, I do question whether it was like to protect numbers or not be the blame of why you won or lost the game and things like that. So, you know, again, it, it was I don't want to be disrespectful. You know I love Big Ben. I think Big Ben is on the borderline of being one of the 10 greatest quarterbacks of all time. I get a lot of flack when I say that. Um, so I don't feel good about making him 22. But I think right now, I think realistically with the rest of the quarterbacks in football, uh, that's that's kind of how I, I, how I see it. And I, no disrespect to Big Ben, Big Ben, Big Ben, Big Ben. If he can stay big healthy, healthy, and if they can get Najee Harris to do in the running game what they so desperately need, the defense is still very good. Yes. They're in a tough division. They're in a tough conference. It's going to be a tough road for the Steelers this year, but they did get off to an 11-0 start last year before the wheels came off. And, and, And I believe and we've said this a couple of different times, they got themselves thinking they can just load up the cannon and do it again, address their weaknesses in free agency in the draft, hold the team together, and we're the Steelers. We know how to compete. And and look, Mike Tomlin's still the coach. He'll find a way to make that team competitive, whether they're running the ball, throwing the ball, short down the field, whatever. They're going to be competitive. They're hey. going to be in games, and they're going to win games. That's right. I, I fully expect it. One thing we know with Pittsburgh is they're going to be real. They're going to be honest with themselves, and Mike Tomlin's going to address it and try to change it. I think we can, we can guarantee that. They got to. you know, For all the reasons we've mentioned, again, they lost five out of their last six football games. Their starting quarterback did not look very good, and their offense was lost during that period. You know, for a team that started at 10-0, and that was a pretty you know, big crash towards the end of the year with how they played. And, of course, that was all you know, really shown in the playoff game where it all really reared its ugly head. Bad decisions, missed throws, predictability within the offense, you know, lack of an ability to wait. Nobody's open. Okay, nobody's open. Okay, we got to get out of the pocket, make a play happen just a little bit, do some sort of movement to extend the play, things like that. Those are things that Big Ben's just not going to bring to the table right now. It's not, and that's why it's got to change to the things you're talking about. We have not yet, if we have the graphic that takes us up to 22, we have not yet seen in the Chris Sims top 40 quarterback rankings Lamar Jackson, Baker Mayfield, Joe Burrow, right, which means that Roethlisberger is number four. I know, man. In the AFC North, yeah. What game situation? What scenario would you take him above Jackson, Burrow, or Mayfield, if any? This it's. I need one drive to win the game in the Super Bowl. Maybe that would be. I think about it right now because I think he'd be like, "Well, I've been there and done that, and I'm not going to feel the pressure of this, and I'm I'm Big Ben, Big Ben. I'll bring us back." Like that's one where, okay, I'll throw that out there right now. Huge playoff game, huge Super Bowl moment. I might take Big Ben to just go. Wait, I think he can make the right decision, the proper throw, and he won't be overwhelmed by the magnitude of that situation. The problem is those are situations that come at the tail end of the wear and tear of another yeah, season. Right, right. So physically, what's he got left at that point? I know. I, you're right. And also, as I sit there and say it, I just think, well, man, I'd like a guy that could extend some plays, too, and do some things like that to find some open people in those situations. Uh, but I, I guess if there's one scenario, I would think of that, that. But certainly, like, yeah, he's not as talented as that crew. I mean, not right now. I mean, damn, that's, those are three good ones for me. 
We know Lamar's a stud. Baker is entering stud territory for sure. And Joe Burrow is was looking very studly before he hurt his knee. So I mean, they're 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 the guys, in, in my opinion, I got a lot of respect for those three. It's not about disrespect for Big Ben. So if we're on the playground and we're drafting a team for right now, the last of the four quarterbacks you're taking That's, of those guys is Ben. And for, for anybody, again, for clarification, yeah, this is what this is. We're all on the same team. This is my top 40 quarterback depth chart. It's really it is. Oh, this guy got hurt. Here's the next guy. Oh, this guy got hurt. Here's the next guy. That's what it is. So, yes, he is 22nd in the NFL and fourth in the AFC North. Well, uh Again, it's Chris Sims quarterback ranking and direct all mail. I, I'm wasting uh, yeah, my time. You're right. They're still going to send direct it to me. Direct it to Mike Florio. Screw him. I, I don't get have it. an email. I get it. Yeah. On your behalf, email, Twitter. I'm gonna I'm gonna dox you one of these days. I'm gonna put your email address out there so they can they can just communicate directly with you. Because I'm telling you, anything you say, anything you do. I have to hear about it. I, like I get it. asked I like about it that it. way. Yeah, well, that's I, good. Yeah. It's a good the, the work. Jer- you it's going to it's going to it's going to take more than a Lawrence Taylor jersey <laughs> for me to ever feel good about that. Let's go ahead and uh, take a break. More mini camp news. Jared Goff feels empowered, and apparently that's a good thing. We'll discuss when PFT Live continues right after this. Big Ben, Big Ben, Big Ben, Big Ben. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It's a lot of fresh starts. So that kind of energy is kind of all around the building. But I think in regards to myself personally, uh, Dan and uh, Elan have have really empowered me to, to kind of, you know, what do I want? What do I want? What do I like? How do I want to see it? How do we want to do things? And are constantly bouncing things off me and, and I'm constantly bouncing things off them. And I think that's been a healthy relationship and something that's been uh, fun for me to experience and, and be a part of, you know, guys that, you know, are, are really, you know, wanting to hear from me and wanting to hear what I like. I, I know you're, you're more about looking forward than, than looking back, but, but how different is that than maybe what you were used to in terms of the, the empowerment and, uh, you know, is it, is it to a greater degree maybe than I'm not saying, I'm not saying that in any, in any regard to previous uh, experiences. It, it's, it's not, um, I'm not saying it like that. I'm saying it's, it's, it's been great. You know, he had the, he had the uh, touch of the face high above the eyebrow. That's when it's really bad. 
when you go above the eyebrow. So, look, he was micromanaged by Sean McVay. It's okay. We know it. That's yeah. the way it is. It's right. McVay's offense. It's not Jared Goff's offense. And as the Lions figure out how best to run their offense, Anthony Lynn is is seeking input from Jared Goff, and Dan Campbell is endorsing that approach. Whether or not it works is a different issue. Hey, it, sure, it feels great for Jared Goff to be empowered. He's still got to go out and play. And we've seen enough, and more importantly, the Rams saw enough from Jared Goff to say, we got to get this guy the hell out of here. And before that, we got to get this guy the hell off the field for John Wolf. Exactly. I, so that, that tells right. us all we need to know about where Jared Goff currently is, or at least where he was as of the end of the 2020 season. Yeah, and no doubt about it. And to me, it's about what he does on the field playing-wise. Like, I, I don't like – I don't doubt that he's – being empowered within that offense, you know, schematically and things like that. Yeah, he was micromanaged to, to by Sean McVay like you're talking about, but still had a lot on his plate that he had to organize at the line of scrimmage and all the quick tempo plays and everything like that to where he's going to have a good knowledge of how to run an offense. McVay's taught him, hey, you know, I like to run this play against this look, and if they do this look, let's audible to that look or run to this play where this side, whatever that may be. And that's where I think the value of Jared Goff can be for Dan Campbell and Anthony Lynn. He certainly can help them piece together the offense to where – yeah, it fits best for the Lions. It fits best fits best for Jared Goff. But like, that's not the stuff you worry about with Jared Goff. To your point, it's like what we see on the field. It's bad pocket awareness. It's lack of plays with your legs. I mean, the highlights we just showed right there. I mean, there were two touchdown passes. The ball barely spins, and it's a wobbler. The ball's all over the place at times. So it's those things that got to improve. I I know he knows what play to check to, and knows how to put, call call a play in the huddle. Uh, I don't I don't doubt that part of his game. In the division from whence Goff came, the NFC West, the Seahawks trying to adjust their offense on the fly. Receiver DK Metcalf says the new offense under Shane Waldron is more intricate. My first thought when I saw that was, well, it can't be any less intricate than it was. <laughs> I think that's a fair way to say it, right? Like how many times did we have that conversation last year of where Seattle, lack of movement, lack of different formations, personnel sets, you know, how many times did I say to you during like a Wednesday where we've, I've watched film of the Seattle game and go, they waste plays. They run plays where it's like, yeah, they called it in the huddle. The defense is in the perfect defense to stop that play, and they still just run it and go, eh, let's just see if we can make it happen. So I think like what Metcalf is saying with more intricate is there's more options. There's more adjusting on the fly. I'm sure with plays you know, in the huddle, at the line of scrimmage, and I bet you there's also what he means by intricate, more rules to like, hey, you run this route, but if the coverage does this or this guy does that – We'd like you to adjust it to this or that. That's going to be the genius because, of course, it's McVay. And that's where the system's from. McVay, Shanahan, it's well thought out. There's going to be some rules, and I think that's where it could be beneficial for, for Seattle on that side of the ball. And if they want to have any hope whatsoever of keeping Russell Wilson in the fold for more than the next one, two, or three years, you got to give him a little more Agreed. power. you got to give Agreed. him a little more freedom. you got to, you got to let him – have a seat at the table, yeah, a meaningful seat at the table, not right. just a perfunctory, okay, yeah, we, he's at the meeting, but we don't pay attention to him. He's got to be part and parcel of what they're doing, or he won't be there. He, and, and, and 
Seahawks fans, even after everything that's happened this year, are still in denial and the idea that it's more likely than not he's not going to be there. I, and, yeah, to and, me, and, it's like, what this is, is it? The, this is their last chance right. to show him that they really value him the way the Chiefs value Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, to me, it's like more like, what is it going to take to keep Russell Wilson there? Like, what, what is it, Mike? Like, what do you think? I mean, of course, we know they got to win games and do that, but I would think there has to be, yeah, a certain way the offense is played, the way the game looks. His statistics are going to, to me, play, play a part of this. There's no doubt about it. You know, so, you know, I, that to me is just what it, what is it? I mean, the numbers are going to look good no matter what offense Russell Wilson is, is, is in. He's freaking awesome. All right. He's really good. And the, the, the NFL's made for quarterback stats right now. But like, yeah, I just, to me, like when you think about it, like, you know, what, what do you think? What, what is it? Well, is it just got to be wide open and it's just more fun and more around him? Uh, I don't know. It's got to run through him. Yeah. And I remember last year when we did your top 40 countdown, we had Mahomes and Wilson in close proximity. And it was the first time I noticed that, at least when you look at the highlights, and highlights can be deceiving because they're the best. You know, some guys have a greater concentration of their plays that are on the side of consideration for the highlight reel. And I think Mahomes has more highlight reel plays overall than Russell Wilson. But Russell has an efficiency and and a suddenness to his movements that you don't really appreciate the what he can do. Yeah. He moves so fast. He and he doesn't he doesn't have that hair on fire dynamic that Patrick Mahomes has when he's running around left and right and trying to buy time and make something happen. He just goes and does it Wilson does. Yeah. And you know, remember how the season began? It was let Russ cook and it was great and oh, he's never did, did you know he's never had a single MVP vote this year he's going to get all of them. And then the wheels came off. And I still don't fully understand why the wheels came off, but they weren't able to put the wheels back on effectively yeah and uh they were one and done in the playoffs and uh, you know that this this Shane Waldron arrival this is all about trying to trying to find the right way to keep Russ happy but at the same time you got to keep Pete Carroll happy yeah Pete Carroll's old school Bud Grant protege that doesn't want all this fancy stuff he wants to go play defense and run the football I think they got a chance I think to maybe appeal to both sides here with like Shane Waldron and and maybe get both accomplished to where it's like yeah we're still controlling the game we're efficient on the offensive side of the ball we don't abandon the run but we got a little bit more of a high octane attack I think Pete Carroll can get behind that and then maybe Russell Wilson will be able to get behind that too but like you know you you we understand we do we know why that they faltered we do we've said it like uh, we got to give ourselves credit here and listen they got rid of the offensive coordinator they're telling us too we know it got right around that week nine or ten part of the season where teams start to get the breakdowns down and they go wait we got eight or nine games of when they do this route the other guy runs this route when DK Metcalf lines up here these are the three plays they run it became too predictable It'd be and it would be hard for any of any quarterback to have been successful with with some of those game plans that I saw last year in that offense. So gotta, I think that's why scout thyself. Yeah, is exactly right. I mean, we had those conversations a lot. I feel like towards the end of the year about their offense. I mean, you, and you've got to stay ahead of the curve of your own predictability. That is so critical as you're studying the film of your opponents. You have to have people in the building who are studying your own film. 
and coming up with the ways they would attack you and where are the weaknesses, where are our tendencies, where are our tells, yeah, how definitely. will others perceive what we're doing, and that's going to be the challenge this year for the Seahawks. If they have success early and they've got the manpower to do it, can they sustain it? Yeah. That's where Shane Waldron's job is going to become critical. All right, let's go ahead and take a break. We are going to draft the best non-quarterbacks in the NFC East when PFT Live continues right after this. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What if millions of black Americans had been compensated for slavery? Join me, Tremaine Lee, as I explore the untold story of one of the only black Americans who ever was. I talk to his descendants and discuss how reparations forever change their family's trajectory and imagine a reality where reparations are paid to the rest of black America. Into America presents Uncounted Millions, The Power of Reparations, a Black History Month series. New episodes drop Thursdays. Listen now, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, for me, it's always been until the wheels fall off, and I'm gonna keep going until I, until I can't no more. So, I can't give you guys a, t- a time estimate or anything like that, but uh, I'm, gonna go, I'm gonna go as long as I can. Tyron Smith been around for a while, had a lot of injuries. They are hoping that he can continue to get it done for the Dallas Cowboys. They did not use their first round pick on an offensive lineman. They're trying to hold that together. Today's draft: the best non-quarterbacks in the NFC East. No trivia today. When Pete's the producer, we have trivia. But no trivia today. No trivia today. Chris, I'll go ahead and give you the first pick. Okay, let's see. Yeah, usually when Pete's the producer, too, we have all the good players listed out underneath the draft, (laughs) too, right? But I I was leaving that one for you. I was leaving that one for you. You know? You know, it's like, you know, sometimes <laughs> you just get a backup quarterback, and that's just what happens here. So, uh, this is actually, this is actually, <laughs> this is actually uh, a, a not an easy, necessarily like one slam dunk guy you can look at. I think to just say he's the number one player in the division or anything like that. I think though, realistically, and maybe this is a little on potential. But I'm, I'm going to pick Chase Young to be the first pick of this, this NFC's draft. I am. You know, again, first off, I, the man, the human, the specimen. Hey, the sacks, I know it was seven and a half. I think it'll be better. But he's a football player, too. I don't give a damn about the sacks. He makes a lot of fourth and one stops, third and short running stops, coming around the edge, making the tackle against the Steelers on the fourth and goal. Remember when they were trying to dive in the end zone? I mean, he's got a way about him as a leader and a talent on the field. And, of course, we saw some of the picking up the fumbles and running for touchdowns to where, yeah, he might not 
be his pre- peak prime best right now, but I'm I'm taking him first. Yeah, I, I was going to take him first okay. as well. Good to hear. I, I think he's he's clearly in my mind uh, between potential and reality and what we saw last yeah, year, right. what he can be. He's the guy that I would want out of any of those four teams, other than quarterbacks, and, and maybe even if we included quarterbacks, I'd at least give it some thought. Yeah. Although I'd probably I'd probably end up taking Dak Prescott and running if we included the quarterbacks. I, look, I I deal with you eight hours a week. And I think on average, during those eight weekly hours, you sing the praises of Terry McLaurin seven and a half times, <laughs> at least. Yeah. So how can I not be influenced yeah, by yeah. that when it's time to pick take the best players in the division? Uh-huh. I'll take Terry McLaurin. In fact, I'm surprised you didn't take Terry McLaurin right out of the gates. Borderline superstar. Yep. Hasn't had much to work with by way of guys getting him the football. This year with Fitzmagic, hopefully not Fitztragic, that will happen, yeah. And he has the the breakout. Here he is, superstar Terry McLaurin. Oh my God, season! So give me McLaurin. I'm I'm not mad at you there. You know, you know, I'm I'm a fan, and yeah, I think he's better than what the stats say or what people really think he is. The perception, whatever, because of what you talked about. Yeah, it hasn't been great offense. He hasn't had great quarterback play. He, I'm thinking this year's the year where he's gonna be statistically amazing. They're going to be a good team and some big moments. People will, will realize what a weapon he is. He's one of the fastest in the game and you can't leave him on an island. So uh, good pick by you. Definitely was going to be in, in my realm of thinking here for, for my next pick. All right. I, I, you know, I did this yesterday. I'm going to do it again. I, I'm going to the offensive line. I'm going Zach Martin with the Dallas Cowboys. He's still like I would be talked about with Quentin Nelson the other day, Zach Martin He's still one of the best offensive linemen in football, if not the best guard in football, other than his old teammate and Quentin Nelson from Notre Dame. And he's just, he can do everything. He's still a road grader in the run game. He's awesome that way. And like as a pass protector, he can block the Fletcher Cox of the world and hold up to that power. And yet he could block the Aaron Donalds of the world who are really quick and do things like that, too. So uh, I take Zach Martin saying that he's still one of the best offensive linemen in football. I'm going to flip it over to the other line of scrimmage because I have a feeling you're going to take this guy next if I don't. So I better go ahead and do it now. I'll go Leonard Williams. Yeah, yeah. Giants. They, they finally worked out the contract with him when they've been good in recent years and they haven't been good in recent years. They haven't won a playoff game since they won Super Bowl 46, but it was offensive line, defensive line, offensive line, defensive line. And Williams is that guy who's who's going to F the play up. He's not going to get a bunch of sacks, but he's he's going to create havoc and disruption and and allow yeah. the Giants yeah. to get the football back in favorable field position. And with that offense, they should be able to capitalize if Leonard Williams can continue to play at a high level. Good pick by you. I was definitely going to take him next. You know, again, yeah, people, you know, they, they like to rag on him a little bit, but I'd, I'd like to sit down with some people and go, let's watch Leonard Williams last year and see what you really think about him after this is over. Because, yeah, like statistics – don't always say it, even though last year it was a pretty good statistical year. But it's like you're talking about. It's the disruption. It's the versatility and all the things he can do on the defensive line. That's his great value. He can really play all four positions at a pretty high level. Uh, and it's important with a defense like that. That's a New England Patriots-type scheme. So uh, that's a good one there. And I definitely would have taken him next. Um, mm. 
Wow. All right. I'm gonna give I'm gonna give another skill guy just some love here. I'm gonna go with Saquon Barkley. I am. I don't give a damn that his ACL is, you know, he might not be totally hundred percent to start the year, but he hurt that knee early on in the season last year. I would think that he's gonna be close to hundred percent. And I still think as I think about it, with the ball in his hands, he's still the most dangerous guy in this division. There's at least in my opinion. And uh he's young. And I've never seen some of the runs other than from Barry Sanders, some of the runs we saw from Saquon Barkley in a short period of time, let alone he can go 80 to the house. So I'll take Saquon. You know, I was thinking about taking him as well. There has been some equivocation on the status of the knee and yeah. will he be good to go and will he be great right out of the gates. Awkwardness as it relates to his contract. He's got his three years in, but that torn ACL, oh. you're not going to get your new contract until you can reestablish yourself. Another reason why you don't make a running back a top 10 pick, unless you are damn sure he, and you don't know what the durability is going to be at the next level. And look, torn ACLs happen. I, I get it. But they're more likely to happen to a running back. Yeah, they are. Than they are That's to right. a quarterback. Yeah. And you, you, you're, you're taking a roll of the dice that he's going to stay healthy. But if he's health, healthy, I think that, that uh, he could be one of the one of the best running backs in football, but but that health has got to be established and maintained in 2021. I am, I I, I was going to take Barkley this round if yeah. he didn't. Yeah. So so now I got to go to my next one, and it feels a little early to do it. But you know what? We're five picks in. We don't have an eagle yet. And if there was any player right now that I would want on the entire Eagles roster on my team, quarterbacks included would be Devontae Smith. I think they are going to be thrilled with what this guy does. I think all that chatter about he weighs 150 or 160 or whatever it is, I I don't care. Last time we saw him before he jacked up his finger in the college football championship game, he was ripping Ohio State to shreds. He's unstoppable. And he's that maybe he's better than Deshaun Jackson or potentially better than Deshaun Jackson, yeah. but uh, unproven at the NFL level. I think that uh, Eagles fans who are very salty about the way things have gone the last three years are going to be very happy about what they have in Devontae I'm, Smith. I'm not mad at you for that pick. I'm not. I mean, I got him written down here. In fact, I mean, full transparency and no disrespect to the Eagles, but I only have three Eagles players written down that I thought were really worthy of this draft right here. And that was Lane Johnson, Fletcher Cox and Devontae Smith. After that, it was kind of like, eh, yeah, there's some good guys, but I don't know if they're worthy of a, you know, ten-player draft here we have for the whole NFC East. So uh, I'm with you. I'm not mad at you there either. Um, all right. I'm would you say? Would you say that the Eagles yeah, right now, right? Other than the Texans, the Eagles have the worst overall roster in football. Mm. Other than the Texans, mm. I, it, it's definitely in that discussion. I will say that. Uh, who else is in it? The Lions? Yeah, maybe the Lions, who've done a lot this offseason. I like to what they've got to reorganize their up front on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. But, yeah, I think if you look at it, it's probably Philadelphia. You know, Jacksonville's got a lot of unproven commodities, but I think, yeah, from on a paper roster, I'd probably like their roster better. You're right. No, I think you are I think you said it right, Mike. I'm, I'm, the more I sit here and look at it, you're right. Those are the two worst rosters in football for, for my money. Uh, I'm not going to disagree with you there. Amazing, amazing fall. Yeah, amazing Super Bowl fall. champs to potentially one of the worst teams in football, depending upon how the quarterback situation goes. But Devontae Smith may have something to say about that. All right, next round. I'm round going four. big Deron Payne. Defensive tackle, Washington football team. Not a lot of people know about him. Trust me, he's one of the best defensive tackles in football. 
and trust me, they're going to have to pay him like that really soon. You know, that, that's the one of the dilemmas for this Washington football team is they got four guys on their defensive line that are all going to command like top, you know, top end market type deals uh, when they're free agents. But Deron Payne, you know, just a beast in the middle. Stats will never get say it again, but creates mosh pits. You know, can create havoc, do all those things. To me, one of the better interior defense alignment in all of football, and definitely on the Chris Sims all legs and butt team for sure. I mean, it's an impressive set he has down there. Um, it's amazing we only have one cowboy. I so know. Far. I know. I, but, I thought maybe but, you might go Amari Cooper over like a Devontae Smith. That was one thing I was gonna say, but yeah. But I, I feel like I feel like Amari Cooper I know has gone down a little, I'd, right? I I I'd, I'd be more inclined to go CD Lamb. Yeah, you know I what? I'm going to go CD Lamb. Okay. I got my popcorn ready. He said, "Get your popcorn ready." Last yeah. week, my popcorn's ready. So CD, prove me right. I'll go CD Lamb. Yeah. Okay. I, I I I'm I'm with. I thought that too. Like I sat there and was like, "Ooh, like okay." I know Amari Cooper's done more and things like that, but you do expect that jump from CD Lamb to be like, "Hey, I'm more comfortable." And we saw it towards the end of the year last year. He started making more and more plays. And I think he did get more and com more comfortable to where I think he closes that gap a little this year between him and Justin Jefferson, who won the battle, to where after this year's over, they were both going to be like, man, they're both awesome. I don't know which one I'd take. Um, so I I'm not mad at you there. Amari Cooper is damn good, though. Wow. Holy cow. Where do I well, go? Well, take here? him then. Well, take no, him. Do we need to take a break or can we get this last I'm going to go Brandon Scherf. I'm going to go another big guy. I'm going another Washington guy. Damn it. The more I sit here and look at this, this is why Washington's going to win the NFC East. I'm going Brandon Scherf. You know, I, listen, I take Quentin Nelson or Zach Martin as far as my starting guards for my team, but Brandon Scherf's the next guy you take. I think he's, he's one of the top five guards in football, and they're paying him like that, obviously. So, yeah, I'll go with Scherf. I think he's a pretty awesome football player. I'm really thinking about taking Montez Sweat here. Yeah, uh huh. I, I think to you me know. he's maybe the next guy. I mean, you could argue or, he's the best pass rusher Cox. in the division. I, I'm down to him or Fletcher Cox. Yeah. I'll go Montez Sweat. What the hell? Let's go heavy with the Washington football team. Let's hype them up. They haven't been hyped up in a long time. You're right. Give me Montez Sweat. Woo, baby. There we go. What? I'm, I'm WTF WFT. Where we go? Projection. Yeah. Projection. Yeah. That's I, that's part of it too. I, it is. All right. I, I get it. All right, let's go ahead and take a break. We'll wrap up this Wednesday edition of PFT Live right after this. You know, perhaps more significant than the names that are on our list of the best non-quarterbacks in the NFC East, the names that aren't. Ezekiel Elliott was not even, I think, seriously considered, Chris, by either of us. I, uh, talk about the mighty falling off. And not that he's he's bad. I'm still a big Ezekiel Elliott fan. But the, the, the past couple of years have not reflected what he did in his first no. three seasons. No, definitely not. You know, we've, we've discussed it a lot. There's been a lot of runs and plays where we just go, man, there's, there's more meat left on that bone than, than what was gotten there with that hole in space, what you're being paid, all of those type of things. But no, honestly, uh, yeah, I mean, I, it doesn't make me feel proud to say it, but out of the draftable Cowboys for this, he was not one of the names I wrote down. So yeah, he has fallen. And I think it's like, it's perfectly 
I don't think there's a huge difference between him and Pollard at the tailback position. In fact, there's certain run plays over the last year where I'd look at and go, I think I'd rather have Pollard in on that type of play to, to make something happen. So uh, it's a tough position, just like you described with the, the Saquon Barkley thing. Half of the 10 are all from WFT. That, that is pressure. That is expectation. It is. That's got that, but, but you know what? That's where they are right now. They feel like they are a team that is on the rise. And Ron Rivera, I think an underrated head coach, two-time coach of the year, took a team to the Super Bowl. We'll see whether or not Ryan Fitzpatrick can deliver the goods. But, man, that, that, that's, a, that's a very good and improving roster. I, I think so. I mean, it, it's set up, you know, and they can win battles up front. They got a nice young running back in Antonio Gibson. They improved their secondary with William Jackson. They need a linebacker. They got him in the top 20 from, from Kentucky in the draft. So, yeah, I like Washington for sure. They're in the leader house. That's it for today. Chris, thanks again for the awesome LT jersey. you the man, Mike. Tomorrow. See ya. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.